grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This past week, I was uh, prepping for the message, for really for the series of our stewardship series for these next couple weeks here. Again, titled, Use What Your Father Gave You. And I was talking with Heather Kelly, and I said, you know, stewardship sermons are always kind of tricky, they're always kind of hard. But you know what? Jesus talked about money 25% of the time. And Heather said, well, you know, you're not Jesus. Which, when you think about it, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. But here we go anyway. We're going to talk about stewardship, using what your father gave you. And what I found in my, my experience over these past 41 years is this. The vast majority of people I've encountered are really generous. It's true. The vast majority of everyone I've ever encountered is a really generous person. Because generosity takes a lot of different forms and different uh, uh, shapes and styles. Some people are really generous with their words. Have you met someone like that? They're just super encouraging, super uplifting. When you leave that person's presence, you, you, you walk a little bit taller because of how encouraging that individual was to you. There's a guy in the Bible like that. His name is Joseph. He's a good friend of the Apostle Paul. But you've never heard him that way. Because this guy was so encouraging, the apostles renamed him Barnabas. You've heard of Barnabas, right? You've never heard of Joseph hanging around with a guy named Paul. Barnabas. And Barnabas in Hebrew means son of encouragement. Isn't that a great nickname? It would be cool if someone named you Barnabas. Son of encouragement. Or Bathabas, daughter of encouragement. What a great, great name. Some of you are extremely generous with your words. You're great encouragers. Topper is really generous with his words. One of the most encouraging people I've ever met. You're done with Topper and you're like, oh yeah, I am all that. Check me out, you know? And you know what? He really means it. I really mean that, yeah. My twin brother is a teacher. He teaches math uh, at a high school in California. And math teachers don't get a lot of encouraging words from their students, right? Because everybody hates the math teacher. But this past week, in the middle of class, one of the students raises her hand, and my brother calls on her, and, and she says, Mr. Haynes, I just want to tell you that I, I want to thank you for this class. I usually don't like math, but I look forward to your class every day. Middle class, she says this brother's like really touched because the math teacher doesn't get this very often. And he, he says, well, thank you so much. Can, can I ask why you like this class so much and what I can do more of? And she says, and she kind of looks down and she looks back up. She goes, well, your student teacher assistant is really hot. <laughs> so, so some praise isn't as good as other praise. Some of you are really generous with your words. Some of you are really generous with your time. Some of you have a pickup just so you can help others. If you're one of those people, just raise your hands. We all know who you are. No, okay. Some of you do that. Some of you just like to help out. When your friend is moving, you're the first one there. You're going to be here that Saturday up in Mie, build a house because that's what you do. You're generous with your time. 
you're really generous like that. Phil Eirich, a lot of you don't know this, Phil volunteers about three to four hours every week here at the church because he's our bookkeeper. And he's here every Sunday morning doing the sound, pushing, pushing buttons, and Phil's going to sneak down. He saves this church about 12 grand a year because of what he does to volunteer. He's just super generous with his time. Some of you are like that. Joanne Grafe sings here and she's teaching right now. She's been teaching Sunday school here for over 20 years. I think she's holding out for the car. You know, she's bypassing the gold watch. She's going straight to car. I don't know what we're going to do to thank her. At the, at 30 years, what, do you get a car at 30 years? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's phenomenal. Super generous. Some of you are generous with your touch. Good, healthy, appropriate touch is a gift. And I'll always remember being at the seminary. And one of the things they, they drilled into us was, you don't hug people. Because it might cause a lawsuit. Don't do that. And I got out in ministry and went, that's impossible. You, you, you can't do ministry without good, healthy, uh, appropriate touch. It's, it's the handshake with the, the double hand. You know, it's, it's, it's the side hug. That's my favorite. It's the side hug. You can't misinterpret a side hug, right? It's a good, good thing. When I was in California, one of the best ministers of the gospel we had at that church was a kid with Down syndrome. Because he would hang out where the coffee and donuts were, because he liked the donuts quite a bit, and we had to make sure he didn't eat too many donuts, you know? And he would hug everybody. Everyone who saw Luke got a hug. What a great minister of the gospel. A great kid. Some of you are very generous with your touch. Some of you are very generous with your prayer. It's kind of like being generous with your time, but a more focused version of it. The Bible says pray continually, which is like impossible. But some of you are close. So you just have a daily kind of running conversation with God. And things pop in your head, and you start praying about it, and then you move on with your day, and then something else pops in your head, and you start praying about that too. And You pray outside, and you pray, thank God for his creation. You come into church, and you, you pray for those uh, that you know who are in need of his help and care. Pray continually. It's a great, great thing. So time sucked a number of years ago. My wife and I were going through a really tough time. Not, not personally, but just one of those seasons of life, you know, just some tough stuff going on and, that we had to walk through together. And one night, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. It was a Thursday night, 3 o'clock in the morning. And neither of us could sleep. Just both tossed and determined, finally just turned on the light and just talked and, and grieved over the situation. It was just a hard, hard night. You know those nights where you go back to sleep but you never really fall asleep? You know those nights? That Sunday, Bev Christensen came up to church to us at church. And she said, I just want you to know, God woke me up at three o'clock in the morning last Thursday told me to pray for you. I didn't know why, but I just started praying for you. I thought you needed to know that. Like, yeah, we did need to know that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I don't know about you, 
But if God wakes me up at 3 o'clock in the morning to pray for an unknown reason, I'm usually hitting the snooze button and going back to bed. I'll be like, I'll cover this at 7, Lord. I'm good. I need, to, need some sleep. It's my time, right? Some of you are really generous with your prayer. Some of you are very generous with your counsel, your wisdom. You know the difference between a wise person and a know-it-all? Timing. Timing is everything. And some of you have that down. You know what to share, and you know when to share it. When I was growing up, I was, uh, I think, five, six years old. And I remember this uh, teenage girl came to her house to talk to my mom, which was really weird because we, we knew the family. They lived kind of down the street, but we had never really, they had never been at our house before. We'd never been at their house before. We barely knew them. And yet, this young girl came to our house to talk to my mom because her mom had sent her over there. Because her mom said, Cindy Haynes is really smart. You should talk to her about this situation. And this young girl had been followed home. from She was walking home from high school, and some guy in a car was just following her as she's walking home from school. Kind of scary, huh? A little, a little frightening. She wanted to know, talk to my mom what to do about it. And I remember she left. And I said to my mom, why'd she talk to you? Because, you know, I didn't think my mom was all that smart. And she said, I don't know, but her mom sent her over here, and I hope I helped. Some of you are like that. There's people in this church who are like that. Our church council is phenomenal. There's a ton of great people church council who serve and give their wisdom and counsel. If other people here, I just know if I got a, a real estate issue, you know, I, I call this person. I've got this issue. I call this person. I've got a, a human uh, just got staffing issue. I call this person, you know, and I just know who to call. So you guys are really good. Some of you are generous with your finances. You like to give. When the offering basket comes around, that's a high part of the service for you. You enjoy it. You really do. Martin Luther was like that. Martin Luther gave so much of his money away that he had to give his checkbook, the financial control of his family, over to his wife. Which in the 1500s was absolutely unheard of. Nobody ever did that. In fact, when he passed away, he left all his property to his wife. Again, absolutely unheard of in that day and age. And he had to do it because he was so generous, he'd give away all his money and have nothing for the week. So she had to take tight rein on, on Martin Luther and his generosity. And some of you are like that. And you drive your spouses crazy. Your spouse is going, you give away the couch if I let you. You're like, no, yeah, I might. I might give away the couch. It's not bad don't really need it. We've got an extra one downstairs. Some of you are like that. I truly believe the vast majority of people in some way, shape, or form, whether it's time or words or touch or prayer, counsel, finances, or some other way I haven't thought of, are very generous. I also truly believe this. Everyone is stingy. Everyone. 
in some way, shape, or form in one of those areas, all of us struggle. And it's often because you grew up in a home or a lifestyle where one of those areas was either lacking or was idolized. It was either lacking or idolized. Some of you grew up in homes that were stingy with their words. And you rarely heard a word of praise or a compliment. Or even worse, maybe you heard lots of hurtful words. And so now that you're grown up and you're kind of tight with your words, you don't praise others easily. You may have to say phrases like, respect is earned. I remember doing some uh, marriage counseling with a family in California. And they were kind of struggling in their, in their marriage. And, and the, bride, the wife said, he, he never tells me that he loves me. And we kind of talked about that and explored that. And the guy said, the last time I remember my dad telling me that he loved me, I was five years old. hearing that your dad loves you for years and years and years. He had to learn how to be generous with his words to his bride, who was just craving those encouraging words. Some of, some of us here are stingy with our time. Yeah, at the stoplight, you're the one scooting forward, but it's still red, because you think if you scoot forward just enough, it's going to turn green. You're the ones who are at Costco, and you're cruising down the shopping, the, you know, the checkout aisles. You're like, which one's the shortest? Which one's the shortest? This one right here. And you, like, you scan to make sure you're right, you know, because time is money, man. You might even get impatient with others who are slower or need extra time. You might even hear yourself saying, I don't have time for that. Or even worse, I don't have time for you. Or this is my time. As if time were something you could possibly own. Some of us here are stingy with our touch. You're afraid to touch or, or be vulnerable and open with others. Maybe you didn't get a whole lot of good, appropriate touch growing up. You might even pride yourself on being self-sufficient and independent. You are a rock. You are an island. You consider it a good thing. Some of us here are, are just stingy with our prayer. You're self-sufficient. You're independent. Prayer is like your parachute. If the plane is going down in flames, then I'll use it. And only then. Because if I pray, I might have to admit to God and to the people around me that I can't handle it, that I don't know what I'm doing, that I'm not self-sufficient. Some of us here are stingy with our counsel. Just don't invest in other people's lives. You may even have a phrase. That's an SEP. Somebody else's problem. Some of us here are stingy with our finances. Perhaps money was tight growing up. Or it was idolized while you were growing up. And you were taught that money was more important than relationships and people. Not that anyone ever says that. But with their actions and their time, they a lot of people... A lot of people demonstrate it. 
And I truly believe that we're generous in some areas of, of our life because we experienced an abundance of that area growing up. Maybe we experienced an abundance of good, generous words, or generous time, or generous counsel, or generous finances, or generous prayer. You, you experience that. And so as you're growing up, you're like, I have plenty of this. I can give that away. After all, if you have three gallons of ice cream, you're happy to share a few scoops. And we're stingy in other areas of our lives. Because when we were growing up, we experienced that there was a lack there. Or it was idolized. And you don't, you don't give away your idols. Because you're going to need that someday. And here's God's truth for us this morning. God is generous. God is a generous God. And he gives all gifts generously. Because God is a father. And good dads like to give good gifts to their kids. And not when they're good kids. Not if they're good kids. He gives good gifts, good gifts because we're his kids. God is generous with his words. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends and you are my friends. Those are good words. Those are good words. How many of you have ever written a love letter? Go ahead. Yeah, you, you've done it. It's all right. You can raise it. If you grew up in the 80s, you, you made the, the love mixtape, right? You, you put the tape recorder right next to the speaker, and you played a song. You recorded it, and then you, like, you record a few words like this. And then you record another song. Hey, and this one's for you, you know, right? You, did, you, did, you made the mixtape, right? And you got done with it. You're like, this is pretty good. He's going to be impressed. She's going to be impressed. It was two pages long. The 60-minute tape, you flipped it on both sides. It's God's love letter to you. 66 books of God's commitment for you. You might read some of it and go, some of it doesn't sound all that nice, but it's all God's plan and direction and guiding for Savior for you love letter for you. God is generous with his words. <coughs> God's generous with his time. It says this in 2 Peter. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead he's patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. God is generous with his time. And God is just waiting and waiting and waiting. Maybe one more today. Maybe one more tomorrow. Maybe another person next week. We're going to wait. We're going to hold off until we get heaven as full as we possibly can. And some of you are looking at the world around us going, Lord Jesus, now would be a good time to come back because things are pretty bad right now. And God's like, no, no, no. More time. More time. One more. Just one more. And then as a gift to you, he 
gives eternity. It gives eternity. And when the Bible describes heaven, when the Bible describes eternity, it's not sitting on a cloud wearing a diaper playing a harp because that sounds like hell. When the Bible describes eternity, the Bible describes it in lots of different phrases. It's a glorious city. It's the best worship service you've ever been a part of. It's home. It's an incredible banquet. The best meal you've ever had. The best of meats and the finest of wines. When the Bible describes heaven, it's in the best, glorious terms possible. You ever have a night? Maybe you're out camping. I get this time when I camp. You're out camping, there's a fire going, and the kids are there, and you've just finished your hot chocolate, and you think, it doesn't get any better than this. And then you go home, and you're, you're, you've got to take the shower, and you smell like smoke for a day, and you're cleaning out everything, and, you're, and it's kind of like nasty again, you know, and heaven, we get those glimpses of heaven, but they're very short. Heaven's like that. It's being together. And God gives it for eternity because he's generous. God's generous with his touch. The Lord's Supper, baptism, they're all ways that God is touching you in a very real way. Uh, Chaplain Richard Iyer walks, talks the time where he was at a hospital. He was serving in the, in the psychiatric unit. And he talks to the patient there and the guy says, I feel guilty all the time. And I don't even know why. But I want to end my life. And Chaplain Iyer says, you know what we need to do is we need to feed your forgiven self. Your guilty self is way too big. Your forgiven self is way too small. We've got to feed your forgiven self. So I'm going to come here every day, and I'm going to share the Lord's Supper with you every day. And we're going to feed your forgiven self until your forgiven self is bigger than your guilty self. And three months later, the guy went home. No medication, nothing. He was good. Because God's generous with his touch. God's generous with his counsel says this in John 14. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. And neither let them be afraid. God gives his good gifts to you, his good counsel, his Holy Spirit, investing in your life so we can invest in others' lives. And God is generous with his gifts of money. All things are gift. I want you to look down the floor. If you look down the floor, if you see a pair of shoes on your feet. You are wealthier than most of the people in the world. It's true. If you go home and there's another pair of shoes in the closet that fit those same feet, you're wealthier than most people in the world. God is generous 
And his great book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis talks about what it means to, to give to God. And he wrote this. When we talk of a person doing anything for God or giving anything to God, I will tell you what it's really like. It's like a small child going to his father and saying, Daddy, give me sixpence, he was British, to buy you a birthday present. Of course, the father does. And he is well pleased with the child's present. It's all very nice and proper. But only an idiot would think that the father is sixpence to the good on the transaction. God is generous. God is generous in every way, shape, and form every day. And so I want to ask you two questions. How are you already generous? How are you already generous? Because I know all of you. And I know all of you are generous in at least one of those areas, probably a couple of them. Generous with your time, words, finances, touch, counsel, prayer. One of those areas you just feel an abundance of in your life. Like, I can do this. This is where I'm gifted, where I've been blessed. The second question is this. How are you afraid? In what areas of your life do you go, ah, this I need to hold on to? This I don't have much of, and, and boy, if someone asks for this, they're getting a no right away because I have none of this. How is God inviting you to grow? Uh, to be generous? Perhaps there are words that people around you need to hear from you. Perhaps there's someone around you who just needs some more of your time, and you're like, I don't have any time but this person is just desperate for it. Perhaps there's someone around you know who just needs good, appropriate touch. Or counsel. Or even a financial gift. How are you already generous? How is God growing you to be more generous? Because God has one goal for your life. That's it. Just one goal. To be like his son. Jesus. Jesus is so generous to us. So generous to you. And like God's kids, we just say, Lord God, thanks. I'll take some more. Thank you so much. Thank you for being generous with me. Amen? May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may he guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord for life everlasting. Amen.